Okay, so yesterday we started to return to the Targum Yenison, uh, who said that the Pasuk, Imruach HaMeshel, is talking about the Yitzhahara. What you do with the Yitzhahara is trying to dominate you. The spirit of the ruler, the Yitzhahara, is trying to mess you up. What are you supposed to do? So the Targum Yenison says, don't leave your place. Don't leave your study. Torah study will help you. Don't leave the time you spend studying Torah. Studying Torah is the antidote. That will bring healing. So, um, Torah study will bring healing. So, um, so we started to explain what Torah study is, and we said so far there are three elements of Torah study. Anyone remember any of the three elements? Not everybody wants. <laughs> There's payment, inheritance, and gift. It says, don't, uh, it says, prepare yourself to study Torah. It's not inheritance. That means how much we, there's a mitzvah to know Torah. You can only know Torah if you work hard to study Torah. You can't know Torah without working hard. That's one element of Torah. Then it also says that Torah is called an inheritance. That means it goes to everyone equally. There's no one who gets it more, gets it less, it comes to all of us in the same way. That's another element of Torah. It's inheritance. And it's not, it's not the choice of the one who passed away, who inherits him. In fact, he can't even mess it up. He, he goes to everyone equally, whether he likes it or not. Then there is another third element of Torah, and that is that it's a gift. Now, a gift is in between inheritance and, and uh, payment. Payment means your payment is commensurate to what you put in. Inheritance means it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with just the fact that you're related. But gift, we said, is in between. On the one hand, you're giving a gift because you want to give a gift. It's about you, not because of what the person did. And the proof that it's not because of what the person did is that you, two people do the same thing, and for one, you give a bigger gift because they're related to you. Well, as an example I gave yesterday, one kid memorizes a chapter of Mishnayis, and you want to give him a big reward. Another kid also memorize the chapter of Mishnayis, but you don't want to give him such a big reward. Why? You're the teacher of the third grade. Why are you, why are you having this uh, reaction? The answer is, one of them is you're a kid. Well, you're a kid. It's not because of... You want to give them... You're excited in what they did, and, and you're touched by it, etc. It wasn't part of the deal, but you wanted to give them a gift. So, um, so that desire to give a gift is coming from you. But it has some relationship to what they did as well. So that's a third element in Torah. Um, now we're going to see what those three elements in Torah really are. That, that, that those are the general words, inheritance, payment, and gift. Now let's see what those things really are. Um, we're on the bottom of 348. To understand how these three elements exist in the Torah, we have to first explain the teaching of our sages. For the, fir- for the first three hours of every day, God sits and is involved in the Torah. We need to understand what is the meaning of these three hours. Didn't our sages say that whenever a person studies Torah, God sits next to them and studies Torah with them? And the midst of studying Torah is all the time. 
as it says, you should meditate on Torah day and night. And throughout the world, one person studying at one hour, another person studying at another hour, so there's always Torah studying, study happening. And if God is joining every single Jew in their Torah study, that means that God is studying Torah all the time. If God is reading the Chumash and the Mishnah with every single Jew, that means he's always reading Chumash and he's always reading Mishnah. So what then does the Talmud mean when it says that for the first three hours of the day, of the day specifically, God sits and studies Torah? Why does it say he sits specifically? We need to understand what is three hours. He's always studying Torah with you wherever you are in the world. And there's always someone studying Torah somewhere. So some Jew is on a plane now to Timbuktu and he's learning a Mishnah and Hashem is there with him. And in Timbuktu, it's not, it's not the, the, the first three hours of the day. And uh, everywhere in the world, Hashem is always studying Torah with every Jew. So why does the Mishnah say he only studies Torah the first three hours? Also, why does it say he sits in Torah study? We'll understand this by first again going back to the three elements within Torah study. The Inyan who what's the first concept? We said, prepare yourself to study Torah. It's not inheritance. So I want to review again the teaching of Rabbeinu Yena. He said, prepare yourself. How do you prepare yourself? He said, with good character. In order that you should reach piety, you have to prepare yourself with good character, otherwise the Torah is not going to touch you. As Eber writes in a letter, that in order for the light of Torah to touch you, you have to be careful very much in Avos Yisrael. B'yoyser, b'yoyser. Exceedingly careful in Avos Yisrael in order for Torah to reach you. And other things. So, so, so it doesn't just mean that you have to work hard in actual knowledge. But in order to, for the Torah to reach you, you have to prepare yourself with good character. Otherwise, the Torah's light, Torah's light won't 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 uh, won't, won't uh, resonate. So that's a f- the main thing is the effort in Torah, in the first element of Torah, the first element of Torah, the payment thing. As much as you put in, that's what happens. It says in the in the Torah, this is the Torah. And then it goes on to talk about the laws of purity and impurity. And the first law is, what is the law if a man dies in a tent? What's the, what is the halacha about the various things in that tent? Om Razal, so Gemara, learned something from the fact that, that the verse begins with, this is the Torah, and it ends with, a man who dies in the tent. What does the Gemara infer from here? When a person kills himself in the tent of Torah, that's when they really can accomplish in their Torah study. What does it mean they kill themselves in the tent of Torah? You're supposed to commit suicide. The meaning of killing yourself means that you uh, that, that it causes pain. That means that you put aside your physical and, and lowly corporal desires for the sake of, of Torah study. You prefer the Torah study over whatever it is that you wanted to do. So you, uh, you, you're you tired, you had a fabrenia last night, not like present company who went to sleep early, <clears throat> but but, uh, <laughs> no, really. but uh, you, you, and you say, one second, you have to still study Torah. So, uh, so you, you gave up your desires for the sake of Torah study. 
That's the meaning of killing yourself. Why is that called killing yourself? It's just giving up an hour of sleep. It's giving up an hour of, of dinner. Why are we calling it killing yourself? It says in the Gemara that the laws of damaging an animal are similar to the laws of killing an animal. Vis-a-vis the payment for the animal, the one who caused the animal to die has the same uh, obligation as the one who causes the animal to get injured. Just it's a difference in price about how much the animal was injured or, or died, but it's, it's the same kind of obligation. And the Gemara uses the phrase, what's the difference if you kill the animal completely or if you kill the animal partially? Damaging the animal is considered, a, 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 a wound in the animal is considered a partial um, killing of the animal. So the Tzemach explained that this is also talking about our service of Hashem. Then when we give up what we want to do for the sake of Hashem, if we prefer to do what Hashem wants over our, our animal's t- desires, that is a mysterious nefesh. That is analogous to being challenged by some anti-Semite with a gun who says to you, do you accept Christianity or do you want to stay Jewish? And you say, I would rather be Jewish and you're ready to get, get shot. So just like when you're ready to get shot, you're giving your life away for the sake of Hashem, so too, when you give up an hour of, of uh, sleep or whatever it is for the sake of Torah study, you are, that's also Messias Nefesh. It's not giving up your life, but it's coming from the same place in you. Like everyone said, the essence of a Jew is Messias Nefesh and Shuvah. The essence of a Jew is sacrifice to Hashem and Shuvah. That's where this is coming from. What's the difference if you're dying completely, dying partially? It's coming from the same place in Hashem. Now we could explain the intent of the Talmud, the passage in Talmud that we quoted yesterday. What should you do if the vile one starts up with you? The vile one is the Sahara. What is it going to say? Anyone remember? What are we doing so far? The vile one attacks. Huh? How does he start? What do you do? What do you do if the vile one starts up with you? The vile one starts up. Oh, right. Bring him to the bring him to the shul. Bring him to the house of study. The Sahara is called a vile person. Why, why is he vile? I'm not sure if I'm translating the word manuval correctly when I say vile. That's how they translate it in the lessons in time. The one who is coarse in his very essence. The Sahara is um, not just disenfranchised with spirituality, but he is coarse. He's frigid to it. He's, he's, he is... He's entrenched in the physical, it doesn't matter to him, the spiritual. He's grub. He's coarse. The Rebbe is going to explain to us the difference between the two words, animal soul and Yetzirah. What's the difference between your animal soul and Yetzirah? Animal soul, its name tells you what it's about. It's the soul of the animal. That means, as we learned earlier on in the Mimer, an animal is not affected by what is beautiful and what is ugly. An animal is not affected by what is intelligent and what is unintelligent. An animal is affected, an animal, is, inspi- an animal is, is excited about eating and drinking. Other things don't even speak to the animal. So the, the, the Jew has in him a Yetzir Hara, and he has in him an animal soul. What's the difference between animal soul and Yetzir Hara? Animal soul is the intelligence of the animal soul, and Yetzirah are the feelings of the animal soul. Animal soul is a narrative that the that that um, creates Yetzirah. 
What does Yetzirah mean? Yetzirah, as we learned a couple of times, Yetzirah means the bad painter, the bad artist. His role is to create in you a, a, the, the wrong picture of life. Do you actually feel that whatever is worthwhile and meaningful and good and wonderful, you feel that it's ugly and boring and, and disgusting? That's Yetzirah's feeling. He, he, he gets you to that place by the narrative. The narrative. The door is open. The door is ajar. Okay. Huh? When is the door not a door? When is ajar. I got it. Okay. So, uh, so, why, why the, the animal soul is what vivifies the body, but there's another element of that animal soul, and that is its intelligence. The animal soul defines things by what's in it for me. So the animal soul looks at things, and the godly soul looks at things, and the intellectual soul looks at things. Three people walk into your body, and they meet a cup of water. What do they say? The animal soul says, what's in it for me? The intellectual soul says, what is it really? And an intellectual soul is, is very intellectual, but it stops at a point. It's, it's, it goes to, what is this cup of water? It doesn't go to where the godly soul goes. The godly soul asks, where does this cup of water come from? Who made this cup of water? What is its purpose? That's really a scientific question. Where did this come from? What is its purpose? But the animal soul doesn't care about those questions. It doesn't care about what the, what, what, what the properties of the cup of water are. It doesn't care where it came from. It just wants to know, what does it have to do with him? So the animal soul's intelligence, its, its window to the world is vis-a-vis how does it affect him. That's the intelligence of the animal soul. That creates, Yetzirah, that creates this, this evil feeling that you say to yourself, this is worth it, this isn't worth it, this is valuable, this is not valuable. That all has to do with, your, with the narrative of your animal soul. You're in your bed. Your animal soul says, get seized the alarm clock. And the alarm clock says, get out of bed. So, time to go learn this. Your animal soul says, what's that? What will God give me? Oh, give me some spiritual high. What am I getting right now? I'm getting a, I'm able to sleep a little longer. It's a kishmak. So, Yetzirah says, this is good. That is not. And that's it. And decision is over. That's how, that's how the animal soul and Yetzirah work together. Hine, the animal soul is the intellect. Yetzirah are the emotions. The feelings. So this animal soul, this Yitzhahara, this vile one, this coarse one, this one... Anyway, we're not saying the animal soul is bad. We're saying that it's just coarse. And therefore it's, 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 it's frigid towards all spiritual or even intellectual things. So what do you do if, he's, if he meets you and he attacks you? Bring him to the Beis HaMedrash, bring him to the Shul, bring him to the place of learning. The evil inclination seduces a person to be drawn after strange desires and physical desires. Besides the fact that once you engage with the animal soul's desires, you are now banished from enjoying the inheritance of God in your Torah study and your prayer. Besides, if he's gotten you on the internet somewhere. You're somewhere surfing the web about some uh, interesting thing that your animal soul is, has a whim for right now. So besides the fact that you've now, what, what he's accomplished is, number one, or what you've lost right now is, number one is you're not in the inheritance of God. You're not in the good place. You're not in the place of Torah. You're not in the place of prayer. 
Besides, his real role, his essence is about distancing a person from Hashem's presence completely. Not just that right now you shouldn't be learning davening. His real role is let me get this guy off the face of the map of, of uh, let him get, get him away from the face of God. Therefore, what should you do when the Eitzahar tries to get you? You should bring him to the house of study. Bring him to the place of Torah and bring him to a basic bring him to the place of prayer. How do you bring him? What are you bringing him with? You have to bring him, draw him with words. You have to advertise to the animal soul and talk in his language, in a way that will inspire him. What you say to him, you should tell him that this is for him, this is something that's for him. The Gemara discusses how there are two verses. One verse that calls the Torah the Torah of Hashem, another verse which calls the Torah the person's Torah. And the Gemara says that when you study Torah at first, you're studying it for your own sake, and then eventually you study Torah for God's sake. When a person begins to study Torah, they're studying Torah for their own sake. So, so too, your, your role in infecting your animal soul is to talk to the animal soul in a way that's, that's meaningful for the animal soul. To correct the animal soul. Once the animal soul... At first, the animal soul... Um, at first, the animal soul is inspired to study Torah because how it will benefit the animal soul. And then eventually, after studying Torah for the wrong reasons, you'll study Torah for the right reasons. The Pirsha Shmal, what do we say to study Torah for its sake? That means the Hamshachan Tzapar to draw the infant light of Hashem in the Torah. That's the goal. Your intent in studying Torah is to draw Hashem's infinite light into your Torah study. That's where you're supposed to get to. Av but at first, your first step is, it has to be for your own sake. The first thing you have to do is bring the vile one, bring the animal soul to the study hall. Again, the animal soul is not bad, it's just selfish. So you're trying to, how do you speak to the animal soul in a way that's meaningful? You have to tell the animal soul, that this is good for you. When the animal soul realizes it's good for the animal soul, it'll, it'll, it'll come along. The animal soul wants what's good for it. The animal soul is selfish. It wants its own benefit. So once the animal soul is doing it for the wrong reasons, eventually you'll do it for the right reasons. And that's the first element in Torah study, the effort in Torah study. That's the meaning of the Mishnah's words. It's not inheritance. It only comes through effort. And only if someone says, I've worked hard and I've been successful, can you believe them? So the first element of Torah study is working hard in Torah. So the Zahara starts up with you. What do you do? You bring him to Beis HaMedesh. How do you bring him? You talk his language and tell him, this will benefit for you. And explain to the animal soul why this is good for him. Why is it good for the animal soul to study Torah? Anybody know? All the animal soul gain by studying Torah. Second concern with things other than himself. 
or if it's not it's himself, doesn't want it. Yeah. And it's only once it's good for him. Yeah. I know a Jew, uh, the Rebbe told him in a private audience, Rabbi Cohen from Melbourne, Australia, told him, more teirah, more bracha. More teirah, more blessing. That's a good thing. Uh, the animal soul will also get some uh, honor and prestige, perhaps. It'll make him more powerful in his life. Uh-huh. You feel more powerful. You know more. So, so... Yeah, I, you, you want to talk to animal soul's language. You want, you want him to be engaged. You don't want just your neshama to study Torah. You want animal soul to also want to. You want the animal soul to be involved in well, as well. So your initial motivation has to be that somehow it's going to benefit your animal soul. I know like achievement is something that a lot of people want to have. Like I, I want to achieve, I studied a tractate of Gemara this year. So in Shulchan Aruch it doesn't say anywhere that you have to finish a tractate of Gemara. But your animal soul say, I want to accomplish. I want to, I want to accomplish my Torah study. That, that, that may speak everyone's animal soul is different there are four elements in the animal soul there's fire, water, wind and earth some people are, are into the uh, fire which is which is um, arrogance some people are into the water which is how is it juicy for me and tell them oh the Torah study is so interesting it's so it's so colorful uh, some people are into uh, the wind which is scoffing and they're, just, they're just like the things which are not just like empty so this 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 will be fun to talk with the guys who come to the Torah and you'll hang out with people. There's a social element. Some people um, uh, are earthy. They're just they 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 have a more of a nature of of being um, diligent students. They're 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 more more They're not they're not so uh, into like running around. No, sit or sit down, relax, enjoy the Torah. Whatever it is, your animal soul has to find its uh, identity in the benefit of Torah study. That's element number one. The second element of Torah study is how Torah is called an inheritance. It says the Torah is called the inheritance of the community of Yaakov. All of the Jewish people have halachically a a claim to the inheritance of Torah. Water represents passion. Because it says that water causes all pleasurable things to grow. Okay, so let, let's just do a, a, a summary of what we learned today before we go, we go on. Um, there are three elements in Torah study. The first element in Torah study is the payment that you get from the Torah as much as you put in. The more effort you have in Torah, the more you know in Torah. So if the Yitzhahara comes to you, what are you supposed to do? Drag him to the study hall. The word I'm using is drag him but the Rebbe is actually using a different translation. Drag means attract him. Meshichim means to attract him to the study hall. Make him realize there's something very beneficial about him studying Torah. It says in Rashi, in a few places in the Chumash, that you can't really, the word to draw regarding people, or to take people, like Rashi says about Aaron, that when he's supposed to inspire the Levim, hello Zev Kessel, good morning, we're supposed to take the Levim to the service of the Beis HaMikdash, it says that Aaron's supposed to mashcheu bedvarim, Draw them with words. Tell them how fortunate you are that you merited to study Torah. In a similar way, we're, we're meant 
to draw an animal soul. It's not just about forcing the animal soul. Rabbi J.J. Hechtel Vashon was having a hard time trying to uh, prepare the Lagbaimer parade. And you can see a video, it's so beautiful. The Rebbe says to him, he tells the Rebbe, I had such a hard time, and the Rebbe schlepped me out of it. The Rebbe looks at him, and the Rebbe says, schlepped you out? I li- uplifted, uplifted, not schlepped out. So the animal soul should be uplifted and excited about Torah study. It's, it should not, it should be your horse, your animal soul, out of bed, I'm going to come with grit to study Torah. It shouldn't be the, just the grit, there should be something in it for the animal soul. Each person has different animal soul, whatever talks to your animal soul, but you should, you should find that. Find what's geschmack for you about learning Torah. And that's a step one. And we discussed parenthetically that there's two parts of the animal soul. There's the intelligence animal soul, and there's the, which is called animal soul. Then there is the Yitzhahara, which is the feelings of the animal soul. And if the vile one, if the, we explain why the animal soul is called the vile one, because it's just coarse, and it's selfish, and it's just into the physical. So you have to draw it to the house of study, and eventually it will return for the right reasons. But that's because when the animal soul gets you to do the wrong thing, to want the wrong thing, he does two things. Number one is he stops you from doing the right thing, to Tuntera, to Dab, whatever it is. And then he entrenches you and he attacks, attaches you to uh, to the wrong place. Therefore, you have to, the first thing you have to do is the animal soul starting up with you, go into, we're learning, we were at the Ferengi last night, to conclude with this. We're learning about how if you're empty, it says about Yosef, he was thrown into a pit that had, it was empty, there were snakes and scorpions in it. And the Talmud says, that when you're empty, other things can crawl in there. So if you're not finding geschmack, if you're not finding enjoyment in Torah study, you find it boring, your animal soul still look for excitement somewhere, and it's not going to stop. So it's not just enough that you're doing it. That's a great first step, and keep on doing it. But you also have to find ways to make it attractive to your animal soul, and therefore... You have to find what's good about this for you as a person. Eventually, do it for the right reasons also. Eventually, Nisham is going to want to enjoy the connection with Hashem too. But the first step is get your animal soul involved. Yetzirah says, do other stuff. You say, no, you have to have an answer. You have to have an answer of the animal soul. I'm not doing other stuff. This is what's. This is the best thing there is. You have to find what that is. Um, okay, I'll stop over here. That's the first album of Torah study. Torah study is called payment. How much as you put in, that's as much as you get. And that's what you need to do when your animal soul starts up with you. Chazak Baruch.